Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here back again with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm very excited this week because we have the real deal, Cameron Weeks, the Edify co-founder and CEO. We're going to talk a little bit about customer support, what happens in a, a customer support center. And even if you don't work in the customer support world, specifically, we're opening up the, the windows, the doors, the file cabinets. Well, maybe not the file cabinets, but we're opening up a lot so you can see how the sausage is made in the sausage factory, metaphor for customer support world. All right, you know a few things before we dive in there. If you've heard the show before, a couple of quick announcements. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can go on any one of the major social media feeds like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. I'm probably there. Use the hashtag AskShep if you have a question. I'll answer the questions. You send it either right there or perhaps on this show or maybe in my TV show. For those that don't know it, how could you not know it? I talk about it every week. Be Amazing or Go Home is my show that can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV. And now we're actually allowed to put the episodes on YouTube. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Shep.tv, you can scroll down and find a playlist of uh, the full first season. And actually, we're now into the second show of the second season. Pretty exciting stuff. Always informative segments and great interviews with guests. You don't want to miss it. How can you live without it? All right. We're back to the interview at hand. Cameron Weeks is with Edify Labs, and he is the co-founder and CEO, and he guides the team to think and act differently. As a matter of fact, I love the tagline, because we're customers too. So Cameron, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, excited to talk to you about this. Well, let's start off real quickly, Cameron. Who are you? What's your background? I can see, and by the way, we don't use the video, but I can see you because when we do these interviews, you're in LA, you're looking over the ocean, you're actually in Santa Monica. That alone is making me, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, <laughs> and I'm looking over, um, office buildings. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make anybody jealous, but to the this side of me, we have the Santa Monica Mountains, Pacific Ocean, and then we have the obviously famous pier in Santa Monica on the other side of the room here. Um, but yeah, I, who are my, you know, I long background in technology uh, and building global communication networks, but in all reality, no one really cares about those things, and that's boring. Uh, what I'm really doing is exploring Southern California. I moved here about a year ago now, uh, grew up in Indiana and lived my most of my life there uh, and just learning uh, about LA now and, and Santa Ma and the whole you're just uh, an Indiana world. boy yeah um, grew up so you're Hoosier uh, well I went to Purdue so I'm a Boilermaker okay a Boilermaker but generally speaking yeah apparently all of Indiana's Hoosiers except for the 40,000 that go to Purdue each year and and obviously at Purdue you studied engineering that's what one of the things they're very well known for yes uh, computer mm-hmm Excellent. And tell us a little bit about Edify before we jump into all the different ideas and thoughts around the customer service world. 
Yeah, happy to. And without getting uh, very technical and geeky, uh, I think very simply put, you know, we built this company because we, we ultimately reached this level of frustration, to put it bluntly. Uh, the fact that we are actually customers too. And how long as a society, as a world, do we want to go forward with just the talk of fixing customer service versus the actual technical ability to do so? And so we built Edify to do that because in reality, what we learned was companies really actually want to solve these problems. It's not that the companies don't care about customer service anymore. Uh, they very much do. It's the technology that's available to them doesn't really allow them to create unique experiences to really solve the problem. That this is actually fundamentally like a math problem. It's a technical problem uh, that needs addressing and needs solved. So, so you're taking a look at, at a product like yours for uh, customer support, uh, you know, the companies that, that have customer support centers and you're trying to create a better version so that they can take care of their customers better. By the way, people who say companies don't care about customer service, if that were the case, why would they have the customer support center to begin with? The issue happens to be that they're maybe not run as well as they could be. Yes. Uh, they don't have the tools supporting them and the software world that would make life easier for the support agent that would then let make life easier for the customer. And I think that's one of the things, you know, and we met uh, back, what, just in February, I believe, we oh. met at CCW, uh, and which stands for Customer Contact Week. Uh, there, it used to be uh, uh, CCW. Week, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Call Center Week, but now we're into, really, there's all levels of support far beyond a call center. And by the way, if you are into this at all, CCW has several meetings throughout the year. The big one is happening in June, uh, right around June 23rd, 4th, 5th in Las Vegas. You can't miss it if you're in this business. You've got to go there and you'll meet Cameron at yep. the exhibit hall, which is where I yeah. met him at the February meeting they had in Nashville. Well, the, a couple of cool things happening there too. So uh, a couple of cool fun announcements to, to share a future or as we get closer to that. But, you know, to, to go back to what you said a bit ago about custom, companies not caring about customer service, I kind of gloss over that a bit. And I think really what we all are trying to say there is obviously the world shifted over the last couple of decades. I think obviously companies always had customer service and they always cared about them, but the focus of it has shifted. It went from being this cost center in the mind of the CFO to tying today being a profit center. It's, it's how you retain and grow a customer base versus a thing that was a necessary evil to have. Um, and I think that mindset has really pushed the, the drive for this a lot more. And that's important to note uh, that so many companies, um, they, they recognize the front line in the support world, and those are the people that are feeling complaints and questions, recognize that the front line has access to real good information, data, if you will, about why customers are calling in. And by the way, that's real important for those listening that aren't involved in the customer support center. When you're calling in, be genuine, be friendly, share information, because this information should, in the right company, trickle up to people that will do something with it to try to mitigate or eliminate these kinds of problems from ever happening in the future. Uh, again, uh, it, it depends how leadership looks at the support center, but if they do look at it in the way it should be looked at as a potential to collect data, a profit center, because a good support center rep will make you say, I love those people. And uh, by the way, your- Absolutely. I believe, uh, we, did we talk about single pane of glass when we were yeah, in? Yeah, that's obviously a big part uh, of the right. FI piece here is that um, 
you know, the life of an agent in a call center, something that, you know, many of us probably don't think of unless we're in that role, uh, isn't a great one. And a lot of times you're, you're trying to help people who are obviously frustrated uh, and working through a complicated problem. And they're typically having to do that with four or five different pieces of software open on their screen at any given time. And these aren't typically the world's best monitors. And so I think of the stress of having someone angry with you on the phone, the stress of trying to manage all these different pieces of software. Yeah, clicking, clicking, a, clicking, it's clicking. A, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a failing situation every single time. And so the, the topic that's emerged here most recently is this idea of single pane of glass, which is something that we're very passionate about. That everything the person that is, is there to help you needs should be right in one place. It should be in front of them immediately. We shouldn't be asking people to do, you know, look up over here, chat over there, email over here, phone calls on this other system entirely. Um, we need to de-stress the situation. It's just basic survival needs here, right? We need, to, we need to look at these things that we're asking people to do and start removing the clutter and, and simplifying um, the overall process of how we help people help people, which yeah. is in the business we're in. Right, and, and I think it's real important that your goal, and you and I talked about this specifically, was to talk or was to make the agent's experience, that person that I'm calling and asking for help, making their experience better. Because if they're happier and it's easier, they will better engage with me and it's an easier task to engage with me or any other customer. And it just goes around. What's happening on the inside of a company is felt on the outside. If that agent's frustrated, it's going to be felt by the customer. And uh, that we don't, we don't want that. All right. So one of the things you just mentioned, um, you didn't specifically say omni-channel or multi-channel or, or whatever. You said there's lots of software programs that are open. And you mentioned, I think you said chat. So here's the thing. Customers today, they're getting used to just picking up whatever's closest to them to connect with um, anybody that's going to support them. That could be, oh, I'm in front of a computer, so I'm going to go on a computer. It could be my phone's right next to me, my actual landline phone, or maybe it's my mobile phone, and maybe I don't choose to use the mobile phone part of the phone, but I choose to use the mobile chat or messaging, or I'm going to Facebook you, I'm going to Instagram you, I'm going to Twitter you. All of these different channels have got to be, this work got, it used to be tougher than, than it is today. You'd have 11 programs open to monitor all 11 channels. Maybe that's a slight example, maybe five channels, six channels, but you get the I, point. I started giving this story to kind of help uh, explain this in a way that I think everyone that's listening, everyone in the world can kind of comprehend pretty quickly. Uh, and it's a real world story. And I've, I've cleared this with my grandfather now because I've given it so many times, but uh, grandpa is an old Brit. Uh, so, you know, British people can be a bit uh, stern or uh, you know, focused on what they want to have happen, uh, generally speaking, I think. Uh, so Grandpa calls with an issue he's having with his TV and uh, love him dearly and love talking to him, of course, but I didn't want to spend the next 30 minutes talking about troubleshooting his television. There's plenty of other things I'd like to talk to my grandpa about. And so while we were talking about this, I very naturally just told him, well, why don't you just FaceTime me uh, while we're talking on the phone and I can see the TV, I could see the remote, I could see the problem. And we did that. And I went from having a conversation that literally would have maybe taken 30, 40 minutes to something that literally took seven or less to tell him what the actual problem was and move forward. And so, you know, as you kind of connect the, the call center world to our personal lives, what really happened there was I used omni-channel to reduce handle time of the conversation. And this was, um, by the way, not a, a support center world. This is a guy that just thinks like a support center. But I mean, <laughs> well, when you flipped it yeah. along as I have, it's just right. kind of your natural view of the world here. 
By the way, what a tip if you're dealing with your parent or you're dealing with a friend or your your kids and, you know, my daughter calls me and says, I'm having trouble with, you know, my whatever. And I'll go, hey, flip me onto FaceTime. And you use the word omni-channel. Some people don't know what that means. And there's a difference between omni-channel and multi-channel. If you wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't mind explaining that to us. Yeah, I'm not going to let the little jab go. Of, you know, I think the people that don't even understand what that means is some of our competitors. Uh, <laughs> we look at the... Uh, I don't, don't know if they'd agree, but I get it. <laughs> jab, jab, hook. Okay. Um, you know, omni-channel to us is how we experience the world in our personal lives. Uh, the fact that I was on a phone call and I could go to a video chat or I could go to a text message. You know, we were planning something uh, right before we started reporting of uh, something we might do later this year. Uh, you know, we could start that over a text message and naturally just call one another. That's omni-channel, bringing all of these communication channels together into one conversation, not separate conversations that are separated by the channels. That's the old world before we, we really lived in a digital society. So omni-channel means I could be on a phone call and a text message with the same person at the exact same time. Yep. Multi-channel means that I could text someone and then call someone entirely differently. And unfortunately, in a customer service world today, we live much more in a multi-channel environment than we do in an omni-channel, but we're fixing that. Right. But I was just texting somebody. Yeah, but now you're calling someone. So start over. And that's what we're trying to right. avoid. I think in, in the true sense Comical of the word. In your personal life, you would do that, right? You, you wouldn't right. call a different friend because you were texting with this other friend. Like that, that's right. literally comical. And it would just pick up where it left off. And I think a good example of that is uh, one of my clients um, is a cable internet company. And if you are online filling out a form and struggle at a certain point, uh, you just click on a little icon, a phone number comes up, they will either call you, you put your number in, or you can call them. And they say, I see you're on the seventh question of our form. And it's like, wow, conversation continues, completely different channel. Exactly. That shouldn't be a unique experience. That should be the standard of the world today. There's yep. no excuse for it not being that. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about artificial intelligence and machine learning. I know you have some interesting comments about that. Everybody, you are listening to Amazing Business Radio. We are talking with Cameron Weeks, Edify and co-founder, Edify's co-founder and CEO. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Cameron Weeks, all about what happens inside the contact center and what could make it better, not just for the people that work there, but for the customers. Edify, whose great brand promise or our tagline is, because we're customers too. Yes, I think that's a great way. You, you put yourself in the customer's shoes. Um, because you are customers of others and you want to develop 
the best relationship and the best tools for the companies that want to take care of their customers. Couldn't put it better myself. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, people say, what do you do? And our mantra here are, you know, like you have, uh, you know, because we're customers, we're, I have always be amazing, which is how I close out the show every week. And if people say, what does that mean? I say, well, we want to be amazing to the people we work with. Uh, those are our internal customers. We want to be amazing for our clients and we want to teach them to be amazing to their clients. So it's, it's kind of the same thing, but in the support world. Love it. Yeah, I try, to, I try to stop asking people, you know, what do you do and, and more the how do you help? Uh, yeah. I think that's a, a much, more, in, in, much more valuable question to ask. Uh, yeah. So if somebody says, okay, uh, if I asked you, could, if you, I mean, what we say is I, I try to respond, God, I'm a customer service and experience expert. Okay. So what, what does that mean? Okay. So I ask a client when, or somebody sitting on an airplane, what do you do for a living? I go, I, I ask them, have you ever walked away from a business and thought, wow, that was an amazing experience? They go, oh yeah. Well, that's what we help our clients do. And sure. so what do you tell people? Uh, if someone asks me, how do we help? I say that we... Well, I want to know, no. what, does, what does Edify do? What does Edify do? Uh, what if I, we move technology out of the conversation to empower people to help other people solve problems? Okay. And like, what does that mean? Tell me. I mean, I, here's the thing. We're making assumptions that somebody from the software world is talking to you or from the contact center world is talking to you. That's I probably... A, those a, bubbles are, are kind of... Those, those are my social bubbles, I guess. So yeah, yep. I'm a little bit more uh, focused there. Uh, but generally speaking, we don't want to talk about how the software has XYZ feature and we don't want to have that conversation. We win those conversations by all means, but there's a bigger value here to talk about how do we actually, people solve problems for other people. That's the mm -hmm. way the world works and it always has. And so what we want to talk about is how we're empowering those people, no matter where they are in the company, to be empowered to solve those problems and to find success in that. Yep. And give so them the tools and give them what they need. It's about uh, how do we support the people who are supporting your customers? And that's, the, that's how we run the company day in, day out. That's what everyone that works here, whether you're, you're helping with lunch in the office or you're you know, building the software that, that we sell, uh, everyone has that mantra of we're, we're building things, we're doing things to help the people who are helping others. Yep. And that's how we run the company. I love that you use the word mantra. That's what we call it, a mantra. One sentence that really describes what you do. All right, let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence. People are scared of this. They're like, they're thinking about a Will Smith movie about artificial intelligence taking over the world, but that's not the case. I, I noticed you, you're trying to pick a different demographic there. People usually go Terminator. Which Terminator, you know, that too, yeah. So we're, we're appealing to a younger audience on the radio today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you know, I think the biggest thing to first understand about this is that, um, unfortunately, software technology, you know, we're great marketers and we sometimes forget about the science or the data and we don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. So in the world today, we don't really have artificial intelligence, first of all. So we kind of set the ground level there. Now that's we interesting. We don't have it. No, we only have machine learning. Okay. Artificial intelligence by definition is really the abilities for computers to have, you know, independent cognitive thought. Like we, we really reproduce the human brain. They, they can make their own decisions. And, you know, we'll get there at some point in time, of course, but there's a lot of things we have to do in the middle. So where we are today, which is a little less scary sounding, is really machine learning. But some marketer somewhere decided that wasn't as catchy of a phrase. And so what machine learning is really centered around is just pattern recognition, if you boil it all down. You know, making a joke uh, of something you said earlier that I went to Purdue, 
you know, one of the most disappointing things of my college career was learning how a nuclear reactor works. Not to go on a whole tangent here, but essentially all we ever do to build energy, whether we burn coal or run nuclear power plants, is we boil water and that turns a turbine. So nuclear power is still just a giant boiler. Same kind of thing with machine learning artificial intelligence here. When you get behind it and see the science, these things actually come a little bit more common than you think. We're looking at patterns and we're identifying patterns in very, very large data sets and then we're making decisions based on that data that we already have, those patterns that we recognize. And so I think when you really kind of understand what's behind this and know that it's not some giant server farm somewhere, you know, running the world now, it becomes a little less scary. It becomes a little bit more manageable. Wow, interesting. So uh, the whole and and you said uh, repetition, machine learns, what it happens over and over again. So they start to say, okay, this is a pattern, and then there's nuances within the pattern, and they start to, they, the machine, uh, all the machines, <laughs> the machines are taking over. They're seeing patterns. <laughs> yeah, the humans are running away. But <laughs> no, but that's what it's about: is the recognition of these patterns, seeing what's right, and seeing when something doesn't fit in calling attention to it or determining why it doesn't fit in. Um, one of the things we've talked about on the show before is I think one of the best uses of AI or machine learning, as you like to call it, is if somebody calls in and needs help, the machine helps the agent say, hey, this is who this customer is. This is the buying pattern. By the way, this buying pattern matches the profile of 2,000 other customers that we have. So we know probably what the customer is going to ask next based on all of this and maybe 2000 isn't enough but um, I, I do some work with a company that does what they call listening they actually have a conference called listen uh, but they have uh, they listen in on conversations not about who's talking but about all the questions and the way uh, the responses are and they literally uh, listen to millions of conversations a year and they're feeding that into the computer so the computer can learn hence machine learning I think it's fascinating and, uh, you know, my goal in life is to simplify the complicated, and you're doing a great job, too, of helping me explain to everybody what this is. Yeah, I think uh, you know, machine learning is not an option in customer service anymore. It is by all means a requirement. And the reason that it's so important is it lets us do exactly what you've described here. It lets us do the things that we've always wanted to be able to do, but never could, you know, humanly afford to do. We can't have, you know, teams of, of large numbers of humans working through uh, data analysis to say that Shep really likes these things and this is what Shep's calling about most likely. But it's very easy to apply a machine learning model that says, you know, Shep was going through our form and on page seven he got stuck on something. And you know, actually we see 25% of our users do those same things and get stuck at the same place. And so we need to do two things right away. We need to notify product team that we have an issue here and we need to notify the customer service team on how best to resolve these problems. And then what if we could even go one step farther and we actually could notify Shep and say, hey, we think you might be getting stuck here in a couple minutes. Can we engage with you already? Can we engage with you ahead of time? Can we actually mm. provide proactive customer support, which is something that as an industry we've talked about for such a long time. And we actually now have the technology to deploy it, to actually benefit from it. So proactive customer support, hot topic. The idea is getting to the customer before they call you about the problem or before they even know about the problem. 100%. I mean, no one calls a customer service team because they're bored. You know, I said that a couple of days ago and someone pulled up this blog post about Zappos or something where they had like a four day phone call. That it was, yeah, to... like a 10 and a half hour. Yeah. That's an That's exaggeration, a but 10 and a half hour phone call. It's still a pretty long phone call. 
It's crazy. Yeah, that's the outlier. It doesn't fit my conversation here, but the vast majority of people every day calling for help on something aren't bored and looking for someone to talk to. They have a problem they need solved. And so what better experience is if a company can engage me before that ever happens. And it's better for both sides. It's better for the customer and it's better cost for the company. Uh, it's an expensive thing to do to have, have someone call into a call center. It's much better if I could preempt that with some type of chat bot that uses a knowledge base that maybe helps me get into the right place. And then only once I've done those things and engages with a live human at the end of the conversation, it's better for everyone involved. Yep. The reality of this, it helps bring alignment from customers and companies. Uh, and that, that's a winning strategy. That's when things really start to happen. All right. So um, we're starting to wind down. Any last thoughts before I ask you my final question related to artificial intelligence and machine learning? You know, we won't have time to get into it, but I really uh, am trying to push this forward and make people think about this. Traditionally, we talk about machine learning as a way um, to engage with customers directly, uh, and that's very important. But in the walk, crawl, run scenario, I think it's much easier to deploy these tools internally to your company, internally to your team, and there's much bigger early wins when that happens. And so when you're thinking about these strategies, start thinking about how you could actually leverage this with your workforce internally before leveraging these tools with your customers. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. And um, I don't think, and this is what's important. You used the word a few minutes ago, afford. You said the word afford. And, the, and, and I thought money, can we afford it? This is not a real expensive investment anymore. Five years ago, it would cost, I mean, think about it. And by the way, I learned a lot of my artificial intelligence or machine learning lessons from IBM. And they brought me in. They actually sent me to cognitive college to understand. Uh, and this was great. I mean, uh, I, I can go on and on about it. Also, it was such a learning experience. But if you think about like years ago, the computer that we carry in our pocket, also known as a mobile phone, has more computing power than what was on the spaceship years ago, that there, there, it took a full room of computing power and machinery that we now carry in our pocket. It's the same thing. And by the way, very inexpensive today. It's not expensive to use uh, to get into machine learning, is it? No, the cloud, as we all know, really changed the landscape of how finance for computing works. And so now that we're able to do things on much larger scales and, and utilize resources much, much more efficiently than every company trying to build their own uh, machine learning data center or data farm, um, the cost is just is dramatically different than it was five years ago. It's something incredibly achievable now. Yep, yep. So any size business, I mean, even a smaller business can look into some uh, level of machine learning and using uh, what you don't like to call artificial intelligence. In Indiana, uh, my family has ran it for a number of years. Uh, and, and even they are leveraging machine learning throughout the whole company on different ways to engage with customers. Yep. So if, uh, if a small automotive uh, company in Indiana can use this, um, anybody in the country, anybody in the world can. Right, right. All right, we're down to the one thing question. As we start to wrap up here, what is the one thing you want to leave our audience with today? It can be something new, a new nugget of information, or it could be uh, just a reemphasis of something we've already talked about. Yeah, I think uh, the best thing I could leave your audience with is uh, something that I tell a lot of people, uh, don't accept things, challenge the status quo. Uh, you know, technology should not, your company should not be forced to bend around your technology. Your technology should bend around your company. Uh, and that's something that we're really trying to explain to people and show the difference of, of what that truly means. Yep. I love the way you think. That's Cameron Weeks, the co-founder and CEO of Edify. We are wrapping this episode up for this week. We'll have another great interview next week. 
So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.